Welcome. I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic. This is Dominic Pace, who plays Gekko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Claudia Gray. I write Star Wars books. And you're listening. And you are listening to Star Wars Comics in Canon. The Force is strong with this one. Hello there and welcome to Star Wars Comics in Canon, your guide to the wider Star Wars canon through the comic book lens. And to take you on this journey, I'm your host, Mike Burton. So, episode 16 brings the comic Jedi of the Republic, Mace Windu. Now, this is a five-part mini-series, as you know much I love them, and uh, issue number one was released August 2017, the fifth and final issue is out December 2017, and the full collection released as a trade paperback was released in February 2018. The writer for it was Matt Owens, the penciler was uh, Dennis Cohen, the inker was Roberto Poggi, and the colorist was Guru EFX. And this set of comics starts at 22 BBY, which is just after episode 2 Attack of the Clones. It seems to be just before the Clone Wars series and the Clone Wars movie. So the way it's spoken about, it seems to only be like a week or so, maybe even a couple of days after the Battle of Geonosis. So that's generally where it starts in the timeline. Now, obviously, as the name suggests, this is about Mace Windu, and I've just got a little bit of information about Mace Windu himself. He was born around 72 BBY, which makes him around 50 at the time of this comic. So he was about 40 at Phantom Menace, about 50 at this, and then in his untimely death in The Revenge of the Sith, he was about 53-ish. He was also the master of a Jedi called Depa Bilaba, and anyone who may know a bit more about Star Wars and things will know that Depa Bilaba is actually the master of a Jedi called Caleb Doom, mainly no more so as Kanan Juris, basically the character from Star Wars Rebels who is the Jedi in Star Wars Rebels. His master was Depa Bilaba. You can see her in Phantom Menace, I think, really briefly. She might be in Attack of the Clones as well, but she doesn't she doesn't really appear in the main canon that much. She's more sort of a peripheral thing. But yeah, he was the master of the master of Kane and Jerris, which is quite cool. He also had a master as well, but that's in that's kind of detail more so in issue number three, but she only appears in this issue. Um, and there's a few other characters that appear as well. There's Kit Fisto, who is a Nautilan. And he's basically the tentacle guy that a lot of people know, green skin tentacle guy. Um, he is in Attack of the Clones and he's in Revenge of the Sith. In Attack of the Clones, he's also in the Clone War series as well. In Attack of the Clones, he force pushes the C-3PO head that is connected to a battle droid's body in the Geonosian uh, arena, as it were. He's also one of the four Jedi that goes to Palpatine's office to arrest him and he is killed pretty much immediately. The two Jedi with him gets killed, then I think Kit has one lightsaber swing and then gets stabbed by Palpatine before Mace Windu fights Palpatine alone. So he's a Nautilan, he is born on the planet Glee and Selm, and what's quite interesting about Glee and Selm that you may have heard from my Beckett comic is that Tobias Beckett is from the same homeworld. So Tobias Beckett from the Solo series, which is like the kind of mentor character played by Woody Harrelson in the film Solo, is from the same planet as Keith Fisto. But obviously Tobias Beckett is a human, whereas Keith Fisto is a Nautilan. There is also a Jedi called Rissa Mano. She's quite a young Jedi. She's only seemingly only become a full-fledged Jedi only recently. She only appears in this comic. 
and she is a Devaronian. Now, you may recognise Devaronians to some degree. The males basically look like a devil. They have no hair and they have fairly big horns. There's one that you get to see in the Moz Eisley Cantina in episode four, and you hope. Um, he just looks like a red devil and he kind of looks around and I think you hear like a cackly noise. In the wider canon, you can see them a bit more. Um, there is actually a gentleman in Star Wars Rebels on Lothal called Sicatro Visago. He's like green in colour and basically he just looks like a person with devil horns kind of you know um but this one rissa mano is actually a female the females don't have horns they kind of have the sort of stumps but not actual full horns but the females do also have hair so that's she's a quite red pink skin sort of individual as well so that's generally the kind of people who go with mace as well as a jedi called proset dibs uh proset dibs is a mirror luca they're blind with no eyes in the canon proset dibs seems to be basically the only known mirror lucan person but in legends there's a bit more about them and stuff but essentially they're just born with no eyes and really there's not a huge amount else i was just going to say that in the Battle of Geonosis, it's quite interesting, which referenced just before this comic, is the Battle of Geonosis, there was around 215 Jedi, so 215 Jedi, that went into the big Colosseum pit thing, fighting stuff. And apparently only around 15 to 17 sort of survived. There doesn't really seem to be that many. It may even be less than that. Judging by the screenshots, it seems to be about 13. So around 200 Jedi seem to have died at that battle which is a huge huge thing uh but yeah that was the battle of geonosis and the last thing as well that's quite interesting about sort of mace windu is that he's the elected leader which isn't the same as the grand master so it's basically it's a bit gray looking online and trying to work this out but essentially the jedi order has an elected leader but then also has a grand master it seems like mace windu is basically just kind of he's the boss but he's kind of like the second in command to yoda but the jedi council generally do things in democracy they all have to vote and stuff so yoda is the top top person who basically sorts out everything but then mace windu is very close to his uh, authority level and that's why when you see him in the uh, prequel trilogy and in the clone wars he is very authoritarian because him and yoda are basically the bosses of all the other jedi so on to the narrative as I said, it starts just after the Battle of Geonosis, and you've got Mace Windu speaking with Kaede Mundi. Now, Kaede Mundi, he's the Jedi Master on the Council who's got a really tall head. He's a Syrian, and you'd known him for his very memeable quote, what about the droid attack on the Wookiees? So, you know, big tall head, he gets killed in Order 66 on Majito, you see him get shot in the back by his sort of clone troopers and things. He's also, I think, in Star Wars Battlefront, that sort of thing. So he's he's quite he's a peripheral Jedi, but you've you've definitely seen him in the sort of prequels and things. But him and Mace are basically just talking about Geonosis and how hard it was, and obviously the things I said before about how many Jedi died and how awful it was. They basically talk about that and speak of how Mace is feeling a little bit uneasy about the Jedi becoming generals, even though he kind of knows that they have to for this war. He doesn't really like it that much. But they basically speak about that and then basically go, yeah, we have to do this. So onward. Mace Windu is then given a mission from by Yoda, essentially, but what they say is that all of the Jedi, regardless of your rank, now have to go on a specific mission and go out. We are not only Jedi and Jedi Master, we're now generals, so we have to actually go out and fight, rather than just sitting on the comfy chairs of the Jedi Council. And Kiyadi Mundi actually mentions he actually likes sitting on the comfy chairs of the Jedi Council as a sort of tongue-in-cheek joke. But anyway, Mace is given uh, the mission, and he takes three with him to Hisrich. Uh, the three he takes with him, other people I mentioned previously kit fisto rissa mano and proset dibs um proset dibs does appear in another comic but i'll go into that later rissa mano doesn't appear in anything else and kit fisto 
he's in the films and he's in the Clone Wars and stuff, so he does appear elsewhere too. It doesn't really seem to be that much as exciting about Hisrich, it's just in this comic, so that's all we really need to know, apart from him having like a cool jungle and things. And they basically go there because they want to find a separate foothold. They find a group of droids and things, and there's a real cool line of dialogue that I want to share with you. And I just want to say that Matt Owens has done an excellent job of doing... It's described in comic as the banter within the droids and things. So it's just quite funny that if you liked in the Clone Wars and I think it's in episode 3 a fair amount where the droids kind of talk to themselves and say silly little things. If you like that, almost on that basis alone you should pick up this comic because there's so many different times the droids are having little conversations and they are genuinely really funny. I just want to read one to you now which is... So they're on this jungle planet and there's these droids doing a patrol. One, and it's two droids speaking to each other. So one goes, oh, I hate patrol duty. I'm so bored. Nothing ever happens. The other one says, don't say that. Now you've jinxed us. You've doomed us all. And the other one says, the only thing we're doomed to is a life unfulfilled. I want some action. And then they hear a bit of rustling and go, uh, what is that? And then Mace Windu and Rissa Mano jump out of the bushes with the lightsabers ignited. And one of them says, short circuit jedi and the other one says see what you've done fire and just as both of them are getting killed like their droids can they die that's a question for another video um that when the droids are basically getting destroyed you, one of the droids says too much action too much action and then gets decimated by mace and i just thought that was quite a funny little interaction which says that sort of silliness that i quite like with a lot of the droid dialogue that i have started to really like in the clone wars so i just want to read that out to you then, anyway, uh, the group of Jedi basically beat. There's some droids there. There's some super battle droids. There's a few sort of bigger ones as well. They beat them, and then they get surrounded by natives. And then the comic ends with one droid kind of seeing the rest of the battalion getting destroyed by the Jedi and zooming off to basically report to their commander. The commander doesn't like being called the commander, but I'll get into that in a second. But it's basically a droid called ADW4, and he's a mercenary droid. So comic number two starts with the Jedi. They follow the natives underground. The natives don't seem to speak any common tongue they can recognise. They go to these underground structures and things while some droids prepare some sort of attack against the Jedi. While this is happening, it goes back to the mercenary droid AD, as well as the sort of standard battle droids that are speaking around him. I just want to read out another exchange. I'm not going to read out every droid exchange on here because it will ruin the comic, as I said, whenever I make these comics. I want people to be influenced by going out and buying the comics or reading them or whatever, because they're a lot of fun and to support the creators and things like that. But also, I understand not everyone who's listening is going to go out and read the comics, so just thought I'd add a little bit of fun in there as well. So as I said, the droids banter in this comic is amazing, and as I said, AD doesn't want to be called a commander. He doesn't want to have any droid sort of prestige or rank or anything like that, because he views himself as not only above them, but completely separate. He values credits above everything else, and that's it. All he cares about is credits. He says in the last comic about how there's no gods, there's no important force, nothing like that. The most important thing is credits, which obviously is just money so that's what he's all about and so i just want to read this exchange between him and a droid just about the rank because it, ju it just cracked me up so a droid says to ad all regiments are ready to mobilize awaiting your orders command i've already told you enough of the military titles already so what are we supposed to call you then captain no chief what no i would actually prefer if you just didn't speak to me and then you hear a droid call from the off page skipper we found something which I just thought that was quite clever and funny. Just like that silliness of like they need to call him a rank. And they just go through all the different ranks and things and landing on the skipper. Because he's just refusing to be called a rank rather than just calling him AD or anything. Because they're programmed to follow a leader. Normally Grievous or Dooku or something though. 
So anyway, back to the comic, like the narrative sort of side of things. Um, while the Jedi are moving forward through these underground caves, the droids attack, essentially, and cause a lot of damage. I think the cave starts to fall in. And Mace confronts ADW4. They have a fight between them, sort of a shorter fight, and AD basically ends up picking up this giant ball of, it seems like, metal rubbish stuff, throws it at Mace, and then Kit Fisto ends up getting involved in kind of saving Mace to some degree, and then... AD tries to basically bail and fly off, and Mace and Rissa decide to pursue him. As that happens, it basically gets confirmed that there's some flowers on this jungle planet that are really, really high in energy. Because essentially what it is, is that they only get an hour of daylight a day. So what they do is they have this almost supercharged photosynthesis way of picking up energy really intensely. Like a lot, obviously most plants need, you know, 12 plus hours of sunlight to absorb enough energy to function. Whereas these plants don't, they only need the hour, but they are really sensitive and absorb it really, really quickly. So basically what it happens and is confirmed is that the separatists are trying to harness the energy of all the plants on there. Because if you can harness it, it can be used to power a ridiculous amount of things like these things have got a huge amount of energy so the droids are going around and harnessing them just after they've had their hour of sunlight which means they're almost like little batteries and things so that's generally why the Septists are on the planet the third comic starts with a flashback of ad speaking with general grievous basically about grievous employing ad to do this job ad throws out this sort of thing where he says that your droids have a 37 percent kill rate at best which i'm not really sure they don't really go into detail about that but i don't know if it's 37% kill rate what is that that when they hit an enemy they only seem to do a mortal wound 37% of the time I'm not really sure but he basically mocks the fact that it's not a very good rate for the droids and things and he basically barters with Grievous and says he wants loads of money and then Grievous says look you can have the money you have half now and half afterwards and he mentions that you'll probably have to fight some Jedi because they highly doubt that any clones are going to get really involved because it's so early on in the war then it basically goes back to current day. Rissa and Mace are still fighting more droids and things like that, while Kit and Proset Dibs are underground fighting something called a Mylodon. Now, just to clarify at this point, Rissa and Mace are seemingly on the surface and things, um, while Proset and Kit are still underground after everything sort of caved in and things, where Rissa and Mace pursued AD, they ended up going above ground, while Proset and Kit are meant to basically stay underground and look for the survivors of those native species that are there, because after that whole thing caved in, they're very much worried about everyone there. But I just want to say that basically, the thing a Mylodon, which is what Kit and Proset end up fighting, is this absolutely colossal worm beast thingy. And the only other time it's come up in canon is actually in an episode of Clone Wars I watched the other day. And it's an episode called Bounty. It's in, I think, series four of the Clone Wars. Anyone who's seen the Clone Wars will probably remember it. Asajj Ventress meets up with a young Boba Fett, Bosk, Dengar, and they basically are meant to be protecting this package that goes on this crazy train and this train goes on for ages and they're meant to be protecting this package for these people for a lot of money to get from point a to point b but it keeps getting targeted by marauders and essentially the reason it's in it's related to this is because the mylodon things the giant worm things the raiders of the train they are riding these the mylodons these giant worm millipede things so if you wonder what they look like if you've seen that episode there you go if you don't Google it, I guess. <laughs> it's just, yeah, giant armoured worm things that aren't very nice. But as I said, they don't really show up in the canon elsewhere. 
AD basically reports to General Grievous and he says that he killed Mace Windu because I think he believed he did when he threw that giant rock ball and made the whole sort of thing cave in. Um, and then Grievous says, okay, well, that's incredible. I'm surprised you can do that. Well, bring me the lightsabers and then I'll have proof and then, yeah, you can have your money. And while that's all happening, Mace and Rissa basically are trying to sort of sneak about and trying to... They, I think they decide that they're going to go back to the ship, essentially, but they want to stake out things and look what's going on. They see an entire droid army starting to sort of amass and things, and they try and work out what it is, and Mace basically says, I think they're looking for us, because that really is the only change of this planet that's actually happened recently, so that must be what's going on. So it goes back to Kit and Prosep, and they kill the Mylodon fairly easily, but then they go round a corner and they find a lot of dead natives, if not all of them, because they couldn't sense any more life, and that's kind of why they were under there, to try and save some of the natives. And Prosette basically has this quite long spiel about how he's upset with the fact that so many people have died, the fact that we've came to this planet and we've caused this war and all these people are in the middle and they're the people we're meant to be saving, and it seems like it's just actually to do with the war and things. So he's unhappy about the loss of life, but then he ends up saying, well, let's go back to the ship, and him and Kit go back to the ship, and they meet with Mace Windu and Rissa. So they get back to the ship, and then Prosset immediately squares up to Mace Windu and points at him, saying, you knew, of course you knew. And Mace says, Prosset, it seems like you have something on your mind. I should hear it out. So I'm basically just going to read this thing that Prosset says to Mace Windu, accusing him of things. So Prosette says, You lied to us from the outset. The Council had no idea such a valuable energy resource existed. You insult our intelligence and our integrity. And Rissa says, Master Dibs, what are you saying? Of course the Council didn't know. We came here to stop the Separatists. And Prosette says, So naive, young Jedi. Wake up, girl. The Council is using you. You're a pawn, no more than a clone in Jedi attire. I never agreed with the Jedi role in this war. It never aligned with my views on the Doctrine, and now I understand why I was so ill at ease. The Council hide behind the veil of war. A false purpose, but we are here for the very same reasons as the Confederacy. A power grab. A way to win the war we have no reason to be in. To advance the Council's own twisted agenda under the guise of what is right. Coming to this planet, tossing away the lives of its people as collateral damage. You're no better than the Separatists. You're no different than the Separatists. Corruption is the calling card. Death is the legacy. You fight for peace. You fight for galaxy. No, you fight for yourself. You have perverted the very teachings of the Jedi Order. And Mace says, are you finished? And then Prosset Dibs punches Mace Windu in the face. And he says, do you deny my accusations then? Mace says, I do not even entertain them. You are frustrated. We all are. But I advise you remember your place. I'm not just a member of a Jedi Council. I'm your general in battle. And Prosette says, Your mockery is only further evidence that you have no place in as a leader in any capacity, and I will put the end to your deceptions. And he ignites his lightsaber. And then Rissa tries to kind of stop it, but Kit pulls her back and says, Look, they, they need to sort this out between them. You know, this is up to Master Windu to resolve. And May says, I have failed you, Prosette. I was to be your shepherd, and you have strayed too far from the path. All these bold accusations, all of these grand inquisitions. If you think you know better than I for what is good for the Jedi, for what's good for the galaxy, then come, test your resolve against mine, and let us find out who's right. And he says that as he ignites his lightsaber. Now, issue number four doesn't start with a fight, as you would probably expect. It actually starts with a flashback, it just says time before. It's on a planet called 
Mathis, which this seems to be the only time it's shown up in any canon content, so no worries there. And it's he's accompanied by Master Cyslin Murr. And Cyslin Murr is a Mirawellan. Uh, Mirawellan, they're green-skinned, uh, they generally have tattoos on their face. The two most famous ones I'd probably argue are Luminara and Barris Offie. Uh, Luminara, she is in the uh, prequel films. You see her, she's a green-skinned Jedi, I think most prominently in the Geonosis battle. Uh, and Barris Offie is in the Clone Wars. She is quite a big part in a lot of things in Clone Wars. I don't want to say specifically because I don't want to ruin Clone Wars for anyone, but Barris Offie, she's actually in the Geonosis arc where there's the um, parasites and things and they meet the Queen Geonosian, which links in quite well with uh, the other episode I did uh, only last week. But yeah, it's the Geonosians and things. She is good friends with Ahsoka. I think they trained up together and things. And then there's the arc right at the end of Series 5 um, regarding the Jedi Temple and things. And Barris Offie is involved with that as well. If you don't know who I'm talking about from those things alone, then you probably haven't seen her if I'm being honest but yeah green skinned and generally have sort of little tattoos on their face but still very much looking like a human but as I said green skinned and a few minor differences so in this flashback they're basically on this planet and they basically say that there was a Jedi master here who was meant to be helping these people because there's this horrible disease that seems to be killing all the natives it basically is a respiratory thing they're breathing it in and slowly their health deteriorates over time not all of them get it it seems to only be people who are born on this planet no one can really figure out why and that's why there was a Jedi Master there. The Jedi Master seems to have kind of disappeared, and there's someone called Druze who's there, who seems to be pretending to be a Jedi. They confront him and catch him. This guy throws a thermal detonator at loads of basically good people in a church, and the master of Mace, obviously, as I said, is Cyslin Murr. She manages to, you know, push it away and no one gets hurt, but she's there trying to sort of stop the building collapsing and says to Mace, look, chase him down, get him. He chases him down. The guy tries to shoot Mace a couple of times and basically misses and Mace gets caught, like clipped on the shoulder a little bit. Mace manages to basically best him and then gets him on the floor with his lightsaber ignited. Mace is looking like he's going to execute him. And then his own master says to him, look, don't do it. You shouldn't do that at all, you know we are Jedi, we'll take him, we'll find out what he knows about the Jedi Master that seems to have disappeared, then we'll take him and he'll get punished through the correct channels. But this is not the way that you kill him. You do not stand over someone with a lightsaber ignited and murder them, essentially. Which is quite funny now, only just realising as I'm recording, that it's obviously exactly what Mace was going to do to Palpatine. He was holding the lightsaber over him, and he decides to lift his lightsaber up and try and strike him down, and as inevitably why Anakin ends up trying to kill him. It's quite interesting there, the parallels, which I'm sure was intentional, but that's basically what the flashback is all about, and that runs at the same time as the then fight with Prosset Dibs. The flashback happens for a few pages and then the Prosset Dibs fight with May starts, but it's very confusing and complicated for me to go backwards and forwards constantly. So that's the flashback. And I just want to confirm that Mace's master, I'll say it one more time, Cyslin Murr, this is the only appearance she's ever had. So I don't know if even people knew who Mace's master was unless it was said in Legends, but in canon, she is his master and there seems to be the only mention of her. So anyway, back to the current time, as it were. Mace and Prosset are fighting. It's quite a cool fight to look at, but describing it to you isn't very exciting, so I just recommend to read it. While that's happening, Rissa is speaking to Kit and saying, shouldn't we be doing something? Like, this seems wrong. We should be leading people. We shouldn't be, like, fighting within ourselves. And Kit basically says, well, Prosset has lost his way in some sort of avenue. He's lost his way. We need to try and, you know, help him in some way. Um, but if he doesn't come back, then... I don't know. And then Rissa kind of says, well, what, what happens if he doesn't come back? And then Kit just stays silent. And then 
Mace manages to beat Prosser, has him on the floor, holding basically his lightsaber over him, just like the flashback, and he decides to spare Prosser. He says, look, we'll just time up, put him in the ship, and we'll deal with him later. Then Kit, Ressa, and Mace form a plan to basically attack the droids, and essentially what happens is that they, they split up, and Kit goes first, and he goes in right for the sort of main building and attacks. He blows up a wall and then gets surrounded by droids, and that's where the fourth issue ends. So the fifth and final issue starts with Kit fighting the droids and then Mace and Rissa sneak into this sort of building and Mace confronts AD while Rissa is off doing her own thing. So he confronts AD and AD says that Mace loves fighting and he he loves being a Jedi general. He can see it in him. He actually loves the excuse to use violence against someone because of that whole Mace has got sort of a darker side to him and that's one of the big reasons why Mace has got a purple lightsaber because he kind of he teeters on the edge he kind of he he's not dark side user but his lightsaber style is heavily influenced by the dark side and he kind of channels people's energy back into them in legend his sword his lightsaber style is called Vapad, and in depth it's basically just when people fight him especially when they use anger and aggression he manages to kind of tap into the dark side only to redirect it to them i don't know how canon that is now but that's basically the explanation of how he beat palpatine when palpatine's meant to be this ridiculously powerful incredible person who managed to kill kit fisto and two other jedi immediately whereas mace has got that sort of towing the line thing where he's he's very strict with his doctrine he's very much sort of dogmatic in his view of the jedi and he's very very black and white about everything in fact in this comic at one point he says there is no gray area there is good and there is evil and that is very much mace windu's ideals so his purple lightsaber on the way he is kind of says like he could go bad essentially but he channels it he meditates he's okay and he is actually good but when it comes to lightsaber battling he fights almost like a dark side user does in certain ways and ad basically picks up on that and says you love to fight you love the violence and things and in other pieces that mace windu has appeared in people have said things like that he likes being a general he likes fighting and stuff like that it goes then back to kit who gets surrounded by droids after fighting loads of them and he gets surrounded and then thinks oh no this is the end for me rissa comes in and saves him and kit says i thought you had another mission and she said oh yeah i did something else before coming here to save you cuts back to mace who beats ad and then while ad is kind of laying on the floor still sort of taunting mace saying look this ship has gone up you've failed and there's this ship in the background flying into the air he's saying look we've got that what i wanted here i came here for we've harvested some of the power of this planet you basically failed your mission and mace says nothing and then it explodes and that is obviously what rissa's little task was and then mace looks smugly smugly at ad ad says something like i'll live on he then his head shoots off his body and starts flying into the air mace reaches out with an open palm closes his palm and the head of ad explodes him being defeated the comic then ends with them being back at Coruscant. They give a mission briefing and things um, to the Jedi Council, and then the Jedi Council, someone pipes up and makes some sort of smug comment, and then it shows that Prosset Dibs is there in chains as well. Well, in like handcuff things. And he has a back and forth discussing what he thinks has happened because the Jedi says, look, we have you here accused of attacking a member of the Order, specifically the Master and a, your General. How, do you defend yourself? And he says, no, I don't. I don't defend my actions at all. And he just basically says everything that was said earlier in the comic where he feels that the jedi have lost their way that they're just doing it for all the wrong reasons that the doctrine doesn't say that you should go to war and fight these things the jedi have lost their way and that they're ridiculous essentially he then says he knows what his punishment's going to be 
for something like this and the Jedi kind of look at each other knowing it's quite severe and then Mace Windu stands up and says no I don't want him to be sentenced to death that's that won't solve any of these problems what he needs to be done is sent to the library with Jocasta Nu and he needs to go down there and he needs to learn and research all the Jedi things and basically go back on the path find his way back to the path hopefully the teachings of the old Jedi will help him see his way a bit better and things and he specifically does not want Prosser Dibs to be killed and it basically may speaks to rissa afterwards about this and she says why and he says look i understand where process is coming from for a lot of ways we jedi shouldn't really be fighting in this war it's just the best thing we have to do right now for the greater good essentially but he's hoping that process dibs will understand find his way back and after given the second chance hopefully he'll return to the light fully and appreciate his role more and that will solve the issue now that's where the comic ends and I read this comic a while ago, obviously 2017-ish when it came out. Now, one thing that's quite interesting about Prosset Dibs and himself is he actually becomes an Inquisitor. Now, an Inquisitors, if you've played Jedi Fallen Order or if you've seen Star Wars Rebels, you'll know who they are. They're basically just four sensitives who are kind of like Sith assassins in some way. They're kind of like a Sarge Ventress, but not as powerful. They were trained by Vader and kind of Palpatine, mainly Vader, to hunt down and find Jedi, to either kill them or turn them. Now, Prosset Dibs actually shows up in the second run of Vader comics, which is the one by Charles Saul. I think it's the fourth arc in that, where there's a few, they're called the Brothers and the Sisters, that's the Inquisitors, um, and Prosset Dibs is actually the 10th brother. So what's quite interesting about this comic is that they obviously use the Jedi who had, well, who is Prosset Dibs, and has kind of lost his way a little bit. And then later on in a Vader comic that came out, I think a year or maybe two years later, you've got, I think the Vader comic I'm speaking of was set around two years after Avenger of the Sith or there thereabouts so it's around five years after the points of this comic so five years later he's already in the Inquisitor so it shows that Mace Windu indirectly I'd say basically created the Inquisitor in some ways he pushed someone out of the way he obviously fought him granted Prosit Dibs kind of fight like ignited his lightsaber and started the fight but potentially by mace windu's actions he actually helped pave the way for one of the first inquisitors because this jedi instead of not saying he should have killed him but if he killed him he wouldn't have become an inquisitor and obviously the way they tried to teach him to go back to the right just to banish him to a library and read loads of old texts and things and get probably spoken at like rubbish by jocasta nu because Jocasta is the old woman you'd recognize her from episode two attack of the clones when obi-wan talks about camino and says there should be a system here someone told me about it and she goes oh well if the system does not is not in our records it does not exist and she's really condescending and quite annoying she's in the vader comics and other ways and i'll go into that in a later episode and things and she is cooler in the comics than she comes across in the um, film but essentially being sent to the library it's almost like a detention at school when you're having your entire ideology questioned and things like that. It doesn't seem like a very fitting way to solve the problem. And that's one of the many reasons that the Jedi of the prequel era failed. They just, they were so strict in their doctrine. They didn't really want to look at things in the gray area. They didn't really want to talk or explain themselves. They just were like, nope, you're wrong. Go read loads of old Jedi texts from, you know, thousands of years ago, some of them. And that'll make you good again which obviously is a stupid thing to think in my opinion but that's basically it for the comic i i hope you guys enjoyed it as i said i really recommend this comic it's a lot of fun it's quite cool seeing another side of mace because obviously well not another side but more of mace windu because he's in the clone wars a, a bit in bits and pieces here but this is his i think only real comic or content that's 
more specifically about him and that flashback with him and his master was quite cool as well but it does really show his ideology and a lot of the ideology of the greater jedi order and how they failed and one of the reasons that palp was so easily corrupted the order in a lot of ways even though palp wasn't a part of it he orchestrated the whole of the clone wars manipulated the jedi order and got them to be exactly what they said they weren't going to be and that's what Prosit Dibbs was saying, essentially. He was kind of right in that way. So, really interesting comic. It's got a lot of cool action scenes in. As I've said in multiple podcasts before, I don't really go into the details of the action parts because reading them isn't very exciting. And this is much more about the lore and you generally getting a bit more depth into certain things that you already enjoy. So, yeah, that's basically it from me, guys. As I always say at the end, check out my other podcast, Genuine Chit Chat. It's basically just me talking with another guest about loads of different things. There's a wide variety of guests. Wherever you're listening to this show, you can find Genuine Chit Chat as well. And if you want to email me, you can send questions and things to Star Wars Comics in Canon at Outlook.com. And I'm going to be doing a Q&A episode. I think a number 25 is probably when I'm going to be doing it. I've already had a couple of questions from people sending in, so thank you for sending those in. You can contact me, as I said, via email, StarWarsComicsInCanon at Outlook.com, or you can find me on any of my social medias, which is Genuine Chit Chat. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So make contact in any of those ways with either your questions for the Q&A, or if you just want to have a couple of questions, queries, or pointers, send them my way and I'll be more than happy to respond. But that's really it for me, guys. So really appreciate you listening. Um, Next week will be Star Wars Volume 3. So make sure you go back and listen to Episode 13 and Episode 9. So you have the main run of Star Wars comics. You have an understanding of the storyline that's going on, which was set between Episode 4 and 5. That's going to be really fun. And then episode 18 which is two weeks time i'm going to go to the lando comic which was in the heroes of a new hope collection because i did the princess leia comic from the same collection a couple weeks back so i'm going to be doing the lando one and then after that i'll be doing the next volume in the darth vader comics and more stuff about dr afra so that's what you can look forward to in the future so be sure to subscribe to the comics in motion feed and you'll get not only my show but loads of other amazing shows too and the recent edition of superheroes for dummies so Loads of things to get your content heart filled with. Really appreciate you guys listening. As always, I'll talk to you all next week. And may the Force be with you. The intro for Star Wars Comics and Canon is arranged by myself, Mike Burton, and the backing music was made by Eric Matias of soundimage.org. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.